Sharika Matthews, and you're listening to Orgasmic Relationships, a podcast designed to show women how to create deep, passionate, soul-stirring relationships. Each week, we will discuss topics ranging from dating, situationships, marriage, divorce, and everything in between. So if you're ready to transform your love life and shift your perspective about what's really possible for you, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Orgasmic Relationships. I am your host, Sharika Matthews, life coach and relationship expert. One thing that I think we can all agree on is that we as human beings, but more so we as women, were created for relationships, not just romantic relationships, but all kinds of relationships. However, creating orgasmic, deep, fulfilling romantic relationships is one of the things that seem to elude us so many times. And in your quest to learn how to discover, attract, or even create the type of romantic relationship you really want, I am sure that you've heard of um, things like the five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, right? But in today's episode, I want to introduce you to a new tool called the needs language. And our guest today, Nicole Schur, is here to help us understand our needs language. Nicole is a coach, author, and speaker, and founder of the company, The Seven Candles. Nicole has just recently published her booklet, The Needs Language, Bring Balance and Belonging in Relationships. Simply put, The Needs Language is a system to help you identify and categorize personality types so that you can feel connected and a sense of belonging in all of your relationships. So thank you for joining us here today, Nicole. Thank you, Sharika. You know, I got to say, you are amazingly patient and brilliant. (laughs) I am so excited. I think you're, you're, you're going to be one of my favorites to talk with. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, I feel special and I feel connected and belong right now. Thank you for that. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. yeah. So um, thank you for being to joining me here today on today's podcast. I know we've talked a few times already yes. <laughs> about yes. all kinds of things, but really I want to hear more about you. I know when we talked earlier, um, you you have a little bit of history with your personal journey in relationships and not always feeling connected or not always feeling as if you belonged. Can you tell us a little bit more about that experience? So I grew up, I grew up between the civil rights and the ADA mm-hmm. and I have a learning disability. And so that made things a little different because it was really challenging to figure out what's going on here because it's, yeah. it's invisible. And I had an aunt with a visible seeing disability. So in some ways that really helped my mom figure out my, my, uh, what my issues were. And then I also had a mother where we had different personalities where our, where our needs languages did not communicate. And, um, and then, you know, back in the history, uh, there was a lot of domestic violence and I'm abuse and things like that. And so what happened was, is with all those pieces there, I, I struggled with losing who I was. Mm-hmm. I ended up being that I, I, I ended up being the sheep of the family that was like, let's put this one away. 
Mm. and um, on, on one side of my family. And it was very challenging because when you have a lot of more isolation, yeah, which happens with trauma, and then you're not connecting with your, your parent because of, um, you know, your needs languages, which we will get into. And yeah. then on top of that, you're having learning problems. It just really isolates you. And yeah. so I had, I had to take time to learn how to connect with people. And you know, they don't, they don't teach that in school. They don't teach emotional intelligence. They don't teach things like DBT and they really need to, because a lot of kids are being traumatized. Yeah. You are so right about that. I was having another conversation uh, earlier and we learn so much in school, right? And we learn so much at home, but one thing we've never had any formal training on is relationship building, how to connect with other human beings. And you would think it would be natural, right? But it's not really natural because of what your upbringing, your environment, your experiences, your trauma, all these things shape and shift your perspective of what it means to be human, what it means to be a person and what it means to relate to other people. So yeah, that's why I think the work that you do and the work of so many other psychologists and, and therapists and people in the coaching and consultant industry is important of what we do because relationships is just such a foundational part of human existence. Yeah. And you can tell by the work that you do and others that we really desire to learn how to be in relationships in a way that really feels good for who we are. Yes. And that, yeah. And that's, and that's where, you know, they all work together. That's the other thing is when we talk about connections, Mm -hmm. it's not just connecting ourselves with other relationships. It's also connecting modalities Mm. because, um, that's one thing I really do respect about DBT and, um, is Marsha Linehan took a whole bunch of different modalities and put them together. Mm. And that's how we, it's never just a single person and we have to learn how to connect because if we don't, we may end up like the Unabomber. I mean, that's really what happened. He went isolated himself. He didn't work on his skills of connecting and he started, things started to happen. And we will go when we don't, when we don't live in connection, what happens is our needs language starts to shrivel up and we don't know how to communicate. And the other thing that happens when we're not taught is we think everybody should be like us. Yeah. Because we get shattered in our needs languages and we become like little children. Mm -hmm. And so we don't heal that. So we can't really understand other people's perspectives. And so when we start to, and everybody wants people that are similar or they they know, but then you can't understand the opposite of what's you. Yeah, that is so true. It is almost like the saying goes, if you don't use it, you lose it. And what we see is because we haven't been taught, because there are limited resources to learn how to create healthy relationships, some of us just really aren't mature in relationship building. We're not, um, use the other buzzword, um, intelligent. Mm-hmm. in our in in how we connect with and how we seek understanding and and I could even admit for myself that was such a learning a learning curve in my relationship right now is learning 
intentionally learning who he is, intentionally learning how he is, mm-hmm. and then seeing how I am connects with that. Like it was, it was very intentional for me, and I had to learn how to do that. But it's mm-hmm. not, it's not something that was taught. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. And that's the thing is, especially when you have parents who are opposite of you or who aren't fully functioning in their needs language in a way that they can help train you. Yeah. And that's also a thing that a parent is, if a parent hasn't been able to be in a healthy environment and, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we've kind of talked about this women throughout history have not been allowed to have their identity. Yeah. And as we're allowed to have our identity, we're able to give that to our children because even boys struggle with their identity because their mothers weren't able to have the fullness of their identity. Yeah. So it's not just girls, boys do too. Yeah. And so we've got to change this because if we change this, then people are going to be able to accept themselves when you're aware of who you are, what your struggles are, what your strengths are. And then you can give in other people if that belonging happens. You can have more understanding. You start to climb up Manslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Self actualization. Yes. Which is yes. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the byproduct is you end up healing the world. <laughs> yeah. And you're happy. Yeah. You're happy. You have joy. You have peace. You're having sense of fulfillment. Yes. Like it's, it's a whole new existence really right yeah it is and it's not just people you end up healing i know this is gonna sound like a little strange but you're the plants around you yeah. end up flourishing more your animals flourish more your food tastes better if you grow a garden your garden flourishes more because we are body soul and spirit yes spiritual spiritual energy will come out yes and and create more of a positive vibe around us so yes. that is why it's so vital. I truly believe that. I truly believe we are all connected on a spiritual level, not just us as humans, like you said, but every single thing. And when you begin to heal your relationship with yourself and heal your relationship with other people, then you become more in alignment spiritually and you're able to see and feel things on a spiritual level that you weren't able to be aware of otherwise. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And so when it comes to the needs language is, you know, just reading and I've read your, your booklet here. It is it is so important because because going back into history, we have we as women have literally only been free for what, 50 years? <laughs> this is 2020. Yeah. I mean, 2022. Mm-hmm. And the women's suffrage movement happened when like the 60s and 70s. Yep. Yeah. And so. That's 60 years. And before then, we talk about relationship build, romantic relationship building. You know, before in previous history, we were property. We were yeah. not, we were, we did not enter into marriage and romantic relationships by choice. It was usually by force because it was uh, an agreement to for, for our family to come up financially or come up so societally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even after that, I remember doing some research on that. When women and men decided to start dating as we know it today, mm-hmm. it was seen as, I don't know, like heresy or something like that. Like if you was a woman who decided to go with, on a date with a man with, without a parental escort, you were considered a whore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
and it's still somewhat that energy is still somewhat here where yeah. men can do no wrong. Right. I was in a conflict resolution meeting, um, and a woman was talking about rape and how we still there's still this, well, people report it more than it. No, they don't. They're not going to go through that. Right. And we still have this somewhat male dominated society and it really needs to be collective. Yeah. I have nothing against men. I love men. There's amazing men out there, but if you're not collective studies show that if you don't include all races, Mm-hmm. all genders mm-hmm. and people that includes people with disabilities too. Yeah. age groups too. I mean, there's wisdom that comes out of younger people when oh, you absolutely. are not inclusive, you cut you're off your innovation. Out. Yes. You're missing out. You're absolutely right. And so with that being said, because we have only been in this, in this phase of exercising our freedom, especially here in the States as women, we have to relearn who we are. We have to learn what our needs are because like we said earlier, the way we've identified ourselves, especially in the realm of romantic relationships is that at first we were objects. Now we are people, but we still have to serve our husbands, make sure uh, we meet their needs and their desires. And we've been taught that it's normal and natural for women to put their needs to the side in service of others. And not just in service of men, but in service of others, whether it's children, whether it's their significant others, whether it's, you know, doing good work in the world, because all that stuff is good, right? But we've been taught to sacrifice ourselves and our well-being. And I have to speak from a Black woman's perspective, is this especially true for Black women? We have normalized and celebrated being the strong Black woman taking care of everybody and everything. And I would love to denormalize that. (laughs) Well, and that's not okay. And see, that's the other thing is we have to look at what what races have culturally done to their women, because each race has done something different to culturally with their women. And that is something that is huge to have understanding. I remember hearing a meeting where a woman was told that maybe she wouldn't get as much discrimination if she took her headdress off. Mm. I was appalled. Yeah. Yeah wait a second, you know, um, and that's where we have to have an understanding of culture and what culture has taught us and what, what our culture has taught us, not only from an aspect of race as well, because women who are from Japan or from China or from other countries yeah. or, or, you know, are going to have, or, or, or um, are from Mexico and are going to have whole different perspective, you know, yes. And so I agree with you. You have to address that and you have to know that. And you also have to know your heritage because if Mm -hmm. you don't know your heritage and what your heritage is, it may come back. Like my family later found out that we were Jewish and they hid because they were afraid. So Mm -hmm. heritage, embrace your heritage, please. Your heritage is beautiful. Your race is beautiful also understand the the struggle there and heal that because as women, we have so much to, to give, but so much to receive Yes, and we have to be receivers. Yes. Putting the mask on yourself first on the flight before giving it to someone else. Yes. And that's a part of knowing 
what your needs are. It's okay to have needs. I'm talking straight to my audience here. It is okay to have needs. It's okay to have desires. You are human. That is a part of your genetic godly makeup. So don't try to downplay your needs and desires. Instead, understand what your needs and desires are and don't be afraid to ask for that. But, you know, connecting that to the needs language itself, Nicole, tell us what exactly is, what exactly are the need languages? I know there are four needs languages, right? Four needs languages, but six personality types. So we combine two Mm -hmm. out of the four. Yeah. Everybody comes with two. That's how you primarily see the world. Mm -hmm. And in our romantic relationships, we meet with one that is the same and one that's different. Yeah. And we have to really, you have to have a connection with someone of some kind to be able to really work with them. Um, So they are right, Mm -hmm. control, Mm -hmm. value, and important. So Mm -hmm. right people are your right, wrong, good, bad. Um, They're very belief-based. And when they lock into a right, they're locked there. They need time to process something different. Yeah. Important people you got an idea. We need to be seen, heard. We're going for the gold prize. We're inspirational. Yeah. Um, Then there's control. They like their environment a certain way. Yeah. And your environment, that's what makes them feel safe. That's what makes them, they, they like their environment. Um, And then you have value people and um, they are about cost versus benefit. If there's not a cost, they can't really make a decision. If there's not a benefit, they can't really make a decision. And so it's, it's, I call them the jungle book, uh, p- birds from the, the jungle, the old jungle. What do you want I don't know. What do you want? No, don't start that again. You know, that's how I see it because I, I know as a value person, someone will go, well, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do? I'm okay. I have seen no benefit. I see no cost. So, you know, as long as you tell me we're not going to jump out of a plane without a parachute, I'm going to get along. Yeah. That's pretty good. And looking at the needs language, rights, value, important, and control. I think that I fall into the category of control and important. I'm very, um, very particular about my environment. I wanted to look, I wanted to feel a certain way. I'm all about how it feels to me, how it feels to others. Um, and I think I'm important because I really love goal setting. I love inspiring other people, not just professionally as a coach, but even my relationships as well. So I think I fall into that in those two categories for my um, needs language. I think so too. I think you're spot on on that. I, and and I, I really, there's a lot of special things that control important people can do. And uh, they, that is, um, I, I think that there are so many amazing things that each one of these can do. And when you get all six together, what happens is, is they are able to create the world. It's like a puzzle piece. Yeah. Those individual puzzles look a little different, but when they come and make that whole picture, oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's what becomes really cool is as a whole, you function a little different, but you end up when you work all together, it is amazing because the patterns are meant to do certain things. Yeah, absolutely. And so the personality types, the six you talk about is a combination of the different needs. Um, They're what control, right? What else? Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Control right. I'm pulling out my chart just to make yeah. sure. <laughs> have important right, uh -huh. control important, important value, right value, control value, and control right. Yeah. Okay. And they can go in either order. I tell people, I'm not going to tell you which one's dominant, which one's um, more your back burner. One, because it's, it's up to you. It's everyone's individual. I remember meeting someone and I remember, oh God, I can tell there's a big control there. It was big. And yeah. I was like, what else are they? And I would talk to my partner and I said, you know, I'm attracted to them, but I'm only really attracted to important or value. And, I, mm. and then we saw their pink socks. And I went, oh, they have important. <laughs> and, but they let it show. And I was like, okay, that's why. And my partner is a control value. Uh -huh. So they, they were had a little attraction to them. So it was, they were connecting in the control. So yeah. that's how we were able to figure it out. That ah. those, are, those are some ideas that will kind of tell you, huh, why am I attracted to this person and not that? I like so, that. Yeah. I like, I think that's very, um, that's very useful, whether you're single or in a relationship, because sometimes you find yourself drawn to someone, but you're not really sure of why you're drawn to them. And it's good to identify, oh, I'm I'm drawn to them because I really like their control factor. I'm drawn to them because they're really value-based. Yeah. And, and value is one of my needs as well. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah. And so and it's okay if you don't like someone and you don't connect with them. However, it's probably vital you learn their language because if you learn their language, you're able to have some sort or find a connector there. Yeah. Like a connector would be um, like, I'm an important value. My partner's a control value and a control right. I would have nothing in common with. So my partner would con connect me, connect with me in the value. They would connect with the other person in control. So that's like a connector. Otherwise yeah. I really don't hang out with control rights, not really as interested in them. Um, they're, they're, we just don't speak the same needs languages. Yeah. So what about people? I just thought about this, um, thought about myself, actually. What about people who find themselves being the connector often amongst several different types of people? Or let me think about this. Like if I speak for myself, sometimes I see I see myself as the mediator between several different personality types because I am I'm more logical oftentimes than I am emotional. And I always seek a resolution versus proving right or wrong. Yep. That's, that can be a total control important person. And so that is where you have to make sure you're balanced within yourself yeah. so that you don't take on too much, Yeah, um, that you know where your boundaries are and that you know that you don't overstep them with people or let people overstep them with you because then they're like, oh my gosh, you can heal this because you can bring the logic in and take the emotion out. Yeah. <gasps> oh, you know, <laughs> That happens a lot. I remember um, this years ago, probably about 10 years ago, I was at work and I'm, I'm a fairly friendly person. Right. And I remember um, this one young woman, I would see her in the elevator every day. I always speak, you know, make small talk, ask how she doing. Girl, one day she came, uh, she found my office, came in, closed the door, sat down and she just started talking. I was like, oh, 
remember your name. Like, (laughs) you want me to help you with this situation? And it was about a relationship at the time. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll sit here and stop what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have really strong boundaries back then. (laughs) Well, and people know a lot of times this is subconscious. People know our giftings and they come to us for it. They're drawn to us for it. And so that's why I say be when we become healthy within ourselves, when we heal any sort of trauma or shatterings, or or we feel we're solid within ourselves, we draw that. Yeah. And what happens is is that's why we have to, or even when we don't, people can tell these giftings within us. And, and that's where it can be kind of like, why is this person coming? Why, why do I have this? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where it becomes, okay, you got to really discover yourself because when you start really walking in the fullness of what, you know, your gifting is, oh my gosh, it gets really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it comes to understanding your needs and different personalities, the needs language itself helps you communicate Mm -hmm. with different, um, personalities. Do you have an example of that, how that really works in real life? Yes, I have several examples. Um, It can help with conflict resolution and it can help you not silence a person. So there's a difference between being silent and silenced. Silenced is when you do not give the other person a voice. Silent is a choice. I choose to be quiet in this moment because it's wise. Yeah. Silenced is I'm not letting you speak. I'm going to overtake everything. Mm -hmm. And so like, um, you never shush an important person. You, mm, yeah. That's what happens when it's you have a whole court. situation. <laughs> yeah, they get louder. And then yeah. you wonder why they're louder. Yeah. So how conflict resolution goes with an important um, value with a control value. And I've actually done this and I've actually explained this to a fifth grader and they got it. Well, awesome. Their dad was, you know, and they yeah. were, I mean, they were too, too, is this is what an important person needs. They need to be seen you want to be more background. How do you create a place of safety for both? Mm-hmm. Um, I explain it more in a comical way, yeah. of course, you know, and they were laughing, um, you know, but this is what, how our personalities work. And I've, I've done this. How do, cause I have a control value and I'm like, here I am. And they're like, oh. <laughs> so we have this conversation of how do you get your needs met when my needs are opposite in this moment? So, cause like an important person musically going, you're like, and you're talking all of a sudden the music stops and you say something really loud. Everyone looks and you're like, oh, I did it again. <laughs> that's what happens with a lot of times important. If, especially when there's not a control there as much important rights and important values tend to can do that a little bit. We will, yeah. but we, yeah. So that's how it can resolve conflict. Another example of the communication aspect. And, um, This is, this is a fun one. I was on a race. I'm on a race to do something and I'm going to win the prize because I'm important. And this is what important people do. And I'm wearing flip-flops and I'm running through the berry bushes. I'm about ready to fall off a cliff. My (laughs) control person goes, I see that cliff. You see the scratches, your flip-flops, it's going to fall off and you're going to be all over the place. And they, so they took their control. They started going to my importance like this. You can't do that. And I'm like, important. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And I, and so what happened was, is they said, okay, this isn't going to work. And we ended up 
they brought value into it and said, this is going to cost you more than it's going to benefit you. Is this really what you want? And I went, no, we'll figure out another way. So we stopped, we put some tennis shoes on, we looked at another route for the, so I could still get the price. Cause that yeah. if an important person doesn't have a goal. They need a goal. They yeah. really do. Yeah. They can't function without one. But yeah. don't you dare say a goal to control value. That's like swearing at them. I'm going to just tell you that right now. They do not have goal in their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So they're more of a, maybe a free spirit. Um, It's more about steps. Okay. Them. So okay. if you say to them, I, what are some steps to get you to where you would like to go? Okay. Okay. That makes more sense to about control value. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to relationships, can two people with completely different personalities have a relationship? Like can an important value person be in a relationship with a controlled right person? That is most likely not going to happen. And I can tell this from personal experience. And this is how the needs languages was really, this is part of how the needs language was developed. I was dating, almost dating someone and we met in love languages. And it was like, I would walk away feeling so loved and they felt loved. And, um, but I would go, but there's something not right here, but, but, and as I was looking at the needs languages, I realized is because we didn't speak the same needs language. Yeah. That's the reason why. And so listen to those signs because the person can be absolutely fabulous. And that person is fabulous. And actually they are dating someone who meets them in one of their needs. Yeah. And is, is, is still had in the other, they have an important, but they meet them in a control. Yeah. So they meet, I think their, their, their partner is a control important too. And so they meet them in control. They, they don't like to share their right. Um, they meet them in control and the other person's an important. So it's, it's somewhat similar, but different. Yeah. And, but we couldn't because that was always there. And in my mind, I'm going, this can't work. And so value people can sometimes seem we are a little more submissive. So sometimes we'll seem like we're connecting Mm -hmm. and because we're, we're, we just are, we know how to, and that opposite is going on and the other person may not feel it as much as we do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that makes sense because at some point when you're talking about long-term relationship or long-term partnership, you want to have someone who overlaps with you in certain areas. You can't be a, a circle over here and your partner's a circle over there and expect for you to do life together in a healthy way because you have too many, too many things that are different. Differences are okay, but there have to be similarities. And even thinking about Dr. Chapman's love languages, it's sometimes it makes a relationship easier if you can share one primary love language. You may have like two love languages, but if you share one, that makes life a little bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. same is true for needs language. In order to have a healthy relationship, you have to share at least one common needs language. Um, And that's why it's important, especially in the dating process, to not just look for love, because we need more than just love for relationship and partnership. You need to see each other's character, understanding each other's needs, and understand each other's personalities. Because you can love somebody all day, every day, 
but it doesn't mean you can be in a relationship with them or live under the same roof with them. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I, I gotta tell you when you, when you really love yourself and when you really start to grasp who you are, you start to understand why, and you're, you're able to communicate, even if you don't have that particular one. Um, if you, if you're connected, you know, if you, if you're like, I can speak some more control with my partner, which makes it awesome. And they can speak important to me, which makes it awesome. Even though we don't have that. Yeah. And we do, we have fun. Sometimes I say, I'm not, I'm not in control. And they look at you they, and I go, but you're not important. <laughs> <laughs> and we laugh and we don't, my, my partner is very important to me. Don't get me wrong, yeah. Yeah. but we have fun in it. And that's yeah. where we can, you can also have a lot of fun. Just make sure you're both on the same page about that. And so um, it just, it, but this communication model, I got to tell you, it has brought healing in my life. It's brought mm-hmm. healing in other people's lives over their, you know, like brokenness. Like, why didn't I connect with so-and-so? Why didn't I connect with my grandma or my mom or my dad? Um, is brought new ways of how to communicate with others. Um, work Workplace communication. We've just seen so much. People walk away from unhealthy relationships going, oh my gosh, I understand now what's where I'm connecting. Yeah. Yeah. That is so awesome. So. To our audience who's, you know, this is their first time learning or even probably hearing about the needs language. How does one go about discovering what their need languages are? So there's, we're, we're getting ready to put the quiz out. Okay. Um, We've been doing a quiz. So we're getting excited for that. Um, I really encourage people to start listening to their words and discover, and then ask your friends. Because sometimes people struggle with, I can't be this. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. And I tell everyone, everyone is needed. You have to have balance. Yes. You have to have balance in it. And it's like, it's like being, nobody wants to be unbalanced. And I use that word unbalanced instead of calling people other psychology terms, because when you say unbalanced, it gives you your power back. Yes. It gives you your power back to be balanced. And people, when you say, oh, you have this, you're, you're this, it doesn't give you your power to change. Yeah. It doesn't give you your power to discover something different. Yeah. So, but what, what that's a discovery journey It's you really need to discover. Um, but we do have a quiz coming out. We're about ready to put that out on our website and then, you know, read the books, talk to your friends. You can reach out to me and talk to me about this and say, you know, I will not tell you who you are, but I'll help you discover. Discover, yes. Yeah. Like, well, yes. What did you What do you say to your friends? Where do you think you connect with your friends? There's lots of questions you can ask. Yeah, and so you have three booklets out, right? What are they? Uh, we have three, and we're about ready to have our fourth come out next month. Um, the needs language: bringing balance and belonging in dating. The mm-hmm. needs languages: they're all the needs languages. So I'll be all on top. Uh, yeah. bring balance and belonging in parenting, the needs language, bring balance and belonging in romantic relationships. And the next one's going to be the needs languages for the workplace. Awesome. That is fantastic. And they could buy these books on Amazon, correct? Yes. And they're priced really reasonable. I mean, we we're really trying to get more of this out to people yeah. um, for, for it to be more of, Hey, you want to learn it on your own. You don't have to pay a lot. Yeah. Um, you want to, you want to get more in depth. You're going to have to 
you know, that that's where that, but I mean, this is where it becomes a place of, hey, let's start introducing this to you. Let's really get you start communicating and get you where you feel balanced. You're creating your community and you're happy. Yes, absolutely. I love it. And how can they get in contact with you if they have more questions about the needs language or they want um, some, some assistance in discovering their own? So you can always visit my website, The Seven Candles. Please put The Seven Candles. Mm-hmm. I have Facebook um, and YouTube uh, and they're all under The Seven Candles. And I have it as The Seven Candles because we're all like candles. And when we are when we're on fire or we're lit, we are shining. And yes. that's that whole, what we talked about earlier of that garden and, and the, the, the trees. And I want everyone to shine because when we fit in that puzzle, when we're our unique puzzle piece and we accept it, and we're not trying to be a corner piece when we're a middle piece and yes. we really embrace that and we fully work together. Oh my gosh, the amazing things we can do in community. Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for being with me, being with me here today on this episode of Orgasmic Relationships. To my audience, I really hope that this episode provided so much value to you. I know it did for me. I took lots of notes and I am definitely going to continue to explore my needs language. So thank you again. And thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Sharika. You are fabulous. Oh my gosh. I just... I want to, I just kind of almost want to fly to Chicago and just give you the biggest hug. I give great hugs. That's a brag, but yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Nicole. And to everyone else, thank you again for joining me here today. And until next time, be bold, brilliant, and completely unstoppable in the pursuit of what your heart truly desires in life and in your relationships. I'll talk to you soon.